Greetings, fellow investigators. Welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The scenario is Failed Prospects. Our collaborators were Tyler Hudak, Morgan Llewellyn, Oscar Rios, Jason Melnichok, Zane Fleming, and myself. I will be the keeper for this playtest, and this is episode four. Our recap will be given by Bill Riggle as his character, Professor Clive Hall. So without any further delays, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Bill? Okay, let me uh, proofread this before I fold it and stick it into the, the uh, truck glove box. 31 October 1923, to whom it may concern. Hopefully I filed this letter at the university. Otherwise, you are finding this letter as a documentation of the discoveries by the research teams from the University of Cincinnati. Hopefully not as our last will and testaments. Such foreboding, let me explain. Dr. Baker is on the hunt for a new species of dinosaurs. So engrossed in his digs that he has delved further into the landscape without leaving written notes as to this passage. Only the clues found at his digs, such as the unnaturally cold engraved copper light and vertebrae he left in his hotel room tantalizing clues that happened to coincide with food spoilage in the local area. That got me theorizing the pathogen released from the dig sites as the spoilage began when Dr. Baker made his discoveries at site three. Thankfully, Mr. Phillips of, our, of my team proved that, that theory wrong upon his microscope as he only found common bacteria on the food and artifacts. However, Mr. Phillips did find bones embedded in the copper light to suggest it pooped from a carnivore. And the vertebrae discovered to still have marrow and mummified meat that suggest the animal barely 200 years old. As if we found evidence to support such fantasy novels as Jules Verne's The Mysterious Island or Edgar Rice Burroughs' The Land That Time Forgot. Exciting thoughts, but that doesn't explain nor justify Dr. Baker failing to pick us up from town. Thus, my concerns for their well-being, especially in light of the expanding food spoilage. Thus, our urgency to track them down, follow the map along their breadcrumb trail of dig sites, a dropped excavation pick labeled HB for baby Henry Bates at site two, suggesting this where the copper light found. Following the dry riverbed going northwest from the ridge, we found site three. And with Mr. Phillips' youthful eyes, more copper lights. Same odd cold and one partially engraved. Dr. Coopersmith cracking one open, not an easy task, hard as rock. Shocked to find human teeth preserved within. Our best estimate, those two barely 200 years old. Considered Midwest America in the early 1700s still controlled by the native Indians. These are their ancestors' teeth. And on cue, the arrival of horseback Indians from the reservation, sternly warning us away from Sika Hollow, where Dr. Baker's team traveled for his map. Them adamant about the place being evil. Understandable, considering their recent ancestors were eaten alive. Them ignoring Mr. Zundel trying to ask about the engravings on the first copper light. Foreboding indeed, but our concern for the doctor and his team drawing us forward, finding the abandoned trucks just within the hollow. Our concerns turned more for ourselves and young Matthew Pinman we brought along as guide. Fearful concerns when we found Dr. Baker's truck disabled. 
wires ripped out of the engine, rightfully had Dr. Rathmore displaying his revolver, thus Dr. Coopersmith and Mr. Phillips offering to drive Matthew home, hopefully an, only an hour round trip. But as we waited, within just dirt, mind you, I found a dinosaur arm bone, also not fossilized. And that's when the hillbilly Jane entered our camp, claiming to live alone in this wilderness. But with the best news, she talked with Dr. Baker and his team who showed her a scolding found. Her directed him west-northwest to an abandoned mining town littered within their skulls. No wonder Dr. Baker stayed on the hunt for his prized discovery. But that's no excuse for him not sending news back to town, nor leaving notes here at his camp. Thus, this letter to you to read, my notes to explain our intent and the direction of travel, and the fearful hope that the dinosaurs discovered did indeed die out, if only 200 years ago. Yours truly, Professor Hall. Excellent. So you guys are all in Camp 4 as... Uh, as uh, Dr. Cooper Smith and uh, I forget who went with you, uh, you both pulled back up into the camp. Yep, Phillips. Phillips and I had uh, gone for the drive, so we just pulled up. All right. So, what do you guys want to do? All right. It's now, do we, what time was it? Do we establish that? Um, is it late afternoon? I think so. We wanted to get him back before dark. That's right. So it was probably it was probably approaching dark as as we're returning. Right. So it's probably getting uh, getting on in the day. Um. And I'm trying to recall is is the um, uh, uh, Doctor Baker's uh, campsite. Uh, the camps or the tents are still erected, right? It looks like it. It looks like it's a active campsite. It looks like they dismantled. Uh, some of it and took it with them okay. so it's possible that they were intending to move to the mining town but they couldn't take the cars with them sure the question, the question i had was i know that um dr coop smith went back to drop off and that was around lunchtime that do, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not evening but i thought that it was going to be like an hour to come back and we are waiting we're like okay. literally waiting at the cap at the campsite. So, so okay. shall we say two o'clock? Sure. Yeah. Does that sound more guess, reasonable? Okay. That's more reasonable. Yeah. All right. All right. So we still have. I was I was a little vague on that too. So so it sounds like we still have some daylight that we can use to go mm -hmm. out there because I'm I'm a little hesitant to uh, go out into the deeper into the woods in, in darkness. So I didn't know if we should. Well, in the woods, the woods, even just looking into them, you can see, you know, where the cars attempted it, and um, they're pretty, pretty wild. It's uh, it's right. a lot of big, overgrown tree roots and bushes, and um, even yeah, you're just proving the point where that would be difficult to traverse in darkness. So, right. um, so if it was getting closer to dark, I was going to say maybe we settle in camp. So let's say you got about three and a half and hours. So if we still got some time, then yeah, let's. Uh, all right. So when we get back, and and so we have a general idea on where they probably started going. Right. So why don't we uh, pack up our stuff and take what we need? And I think we should only just take enough of what we need. We can leave everything else here because we'll come back here to camp if we need to. 
And why don't we, why don't we go see what we can find. Hey, James, one thing uh, you missed while you were driving back to town, uh, there was actually a uh, hillbilly gal that right. uh, stopped That's in the camp. And uh, <clears throat> I had a uneasy feeling about it. There was something that she just wasn't telling us. Uh, but uh, we did happen to mention to her that we were going to camp the night. And she offered to uh, come back into camp, uh, actually to uh, share a meal with us. She was making a stew. So maybe her bringing some stew, uh, maybe us offering whatever uh, canned goods that we have, but uh, an opportunity to get more information from her. Uh, especially if she indeed lives out here, she'll know more of the area. And we tried to get her to warn us what we could expect out here, but she wasn't giving up much information, such as what, what or who damaged, destroyed those trucks. But also, she said that she's going to come back and give us some dinner, like around 5 or 6 o'clock or somewhere around there. So she is coming back. But, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like, I was saying to the, to, to the gentleman here, I don't really trust some hillbilly woman that's living by herself out in the middle of the woods in a cabin. Just something does not, and, and of course, coming out of the story for a little bit, we're in 1920s. Like, that's just not right. Like, there's, there's definitely something not right about that at all. You know, definitely need to be uh, cautious about that. Sounds like awesome. Well, okay. Um, yeah, let's. Uh, we'll keep our keep our eyes and ears open then for that. Um, he told us that she had uh, led Baker and Tucker across the hollow to an old mining site where there were abundant bones of the kind that he showed her. So we have a pretty good general direction of, of where they crossed. Yeah, okay. we, might, we might get lucky to be able to follow uh, broken branches, uh, but uh, who knows how, you know, whether there's a, a animal trail that they may have stumbled upon to follow or just what the actual direction is. I mean, this Jane did say that you know, pointing to the general direction, it would be easy to find. I'm assuming it's uh, up the other cliff, up the other ridge, that uh, Astonbury Ridge, uh, but that's just a guess on my, my part here. But uh, uh, another side question for you, James. Uh, when you got back into town, did you happen to maybe make a call back to Cincinnati to let them know what we were doing and what we had found about Dr. Baker? Uh Dr. Hall, Professor Hall, we uh, we didn't. We wanted to hurry back, so we just dropped off the boy. We didn't even stop the truck. Uh, we only we slowed down a little, uh, but uh, we let him we let him hop out. He went back inside the hotel, and then we we hightailed it back. But okay. uh, well, if we'll uh, he's got stories to tell. If uh, we yeah, we'll more. have we'll have a, a more a more complete report later. Uh, the problem I have with this woman is. That you're saying is, are you sure she's by herself? She could have more people with her. I have a hard time believing that she's uh, truly alone out here. But well, let's go look for that mining place, and uh, and then uh, we'll come back and uh, talk to her when she brings the uh, stew. Sounds great. Hey Tom, a quick question for mm -hmm. you: When uh, Jane did come into camp. Uh, either with a bag or a basket full of the mushrooms that she had found. Right. Uh, 
Um, <clears throat> was it a overflowing bag? Uh, just it was uh, a basket, and no, not particularly. You know, so nothing to suggest she had an overabundance that may be feeding more than just herself. So okay, right. Um, also, as you recall, she was dressed in pretty beat up clothes. Um, I mean, they weren't complete. She obviously occasionally must get some pieces of clothing from somewhere and, uh, and then wears them out. Uh, but she kind of looked like a mountain woman, you know, she wasn't exactly polished and clean. Right. All right. And yeah, I let's go. That she actually went into some town a, a couple of times a year is what I imagine. So whether, whether it was uh, back into the town we know, West Haven, or uh, one of the other towns to the north, I don't know. But All right. So um, you're, you're going to attempt to travel, uh, see if you can find your way? Is that what yes. you're going to do? Yeah. All right. Um, so uh, I want to pack, I would assume uh, as a paleontologist, you know, accustomed to field work. Um, so I'm going to you know, have a, uh, maybe a small pick and a, you know, like a, like a, uh, a mining or not a mining pick, but, you know, uh, for doing field work uh, pick and, and a folding shovel, um, you know, brushes a uh, field uh, field notes book pencil uh probably some uh twine uh to do some measuring and, and blocking out um and uh and i would think probably a compass just to you know uh, all right well, well uh, i mean we could just say in general for all of you um you're gonna carry you can see that it's gonna be kind of treacherous walking um so you're gonna carry whatever you can sling onto your back um, everything else you'll just leave here. Yeah, that was the intent. Since we'll, the plan is, we walk out, we walk back, and then camp here. Uh, right. So with the with the uh, little in, the entrenching tool or the the small shovel, I want to fold it out and kind of use it as a as a makeshift machete and kind of hack my way okay. as I try and. Well, you know, it's not exactly azimuth. it's not exactly that kind of terrain. Um, okay. There are a lot of little. It's not like you're hitting a wall. Of, of bushes. It's just um, ankle biters. It's just a lot of ankle biters, a lot of places where the ground suddenly drops five feet ahead of you, you know, okay. with tangled roots and mostly then it's just trees and, and branches and stuff. That okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take a, I'll take an azimuth based on uh, uh, where we suspect that they went. And then about maybe every, you know, 25, 30 feet or so, double check and like are we staying on target and just kind of keep heading that way all right so, so james uh, before we take off here uh, since we still have some sunlight here uh, i wanted to show you this uh, arm bone that i found uh, over here in dr baker's dig i mean mind you this came out of loose dirt so it, it's not like they dug it up and left it there i mean this thing was you know almost at, uh, at the topsoil and uh, if you want to take a look at it here, um, and so I presented to him. And 
Um, do your paleontology roll. Me? Yeah. Yeah, I just realized I need to pull up my character sheet because I'm an idiot and I didn't do that yet. And it may get darker on us when we uh, uh, come back, or, or at least starting back for the walk. But uh, I do have my uh, painting kit with me. I had planned to do a uh, easel and some painting uh, for relaxed. Obviously, that's out the window. But uh, as we do our trek through the woods, uh, uh, every uh, regular interval, I do plan on taking some of the paint and kind of smearing it on some of the tree bark to help mark our return path. Okay. Uh, so Cooper Smith has an extreme success with paleontology. Okay. Um, what you, f what you see here disturbs you a bit. Um, it's definitely something that you'd expect. Well, it has features of theropod, um, dinosaur, but it also has features more almost simian. Um, mm. uh, the it, it's difficult to place how big this thing would be, uh, but if it, this is an arm bone, in fact, uh, it would have to be at least eight feet tall. Uh, reminds you a bit of like a bear. Uh, bare arm bone. There's not that much difference between a lot of mammal arm bones, except in size and slight variances in shape. And the same might go true for theropod arm bones. Um, it's very intriguing. Um, hmm. Very strange. Velociraptor. Hmm. Except that it's Maybe. bent the wrong. It's 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 hinged the wrong way. It's not, it's not. Oh, it's just because the left side. We're yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, normally we look at the right side. This is the left side. So. There's also very, uh, there's also odd little uh, bumps on the, on the bone that would suggest that whatever it is had uh, external spikes. Hmm. Kind of. Very uh, interesting. Kind of interface between, you know, Kind of like uh, it, not unlike like thumbnails or teeth or or things like that, where it probably had a number of spikes that would have protruded from the the body that weren't actually attached to the bone. Oh, this is definitely something to be uh, preserved. We should leave that here in the camp, safely inside that tent or in one of the vehicles, and uh, we'll come back so we can catalog it and take it back later. I, I don't know how much we can say safely leave things. I mean, somebody's already come into this camp and vandalized it once. So who's to say whatever it was, whoever it was, won't be back. Yeah, I, I also suggest I also suggest you probably carry it with you, Dr. Cooperson. Yes, uh, I'll put that in my backpack. The reason why is because if we encounter anything, you know, it might, it might come in handy. And then speaking of coming in handy, I definitely... <laughs> in, in, speaking of coming in handy, I'm definitely taking my revolver and keeping it close to my side as well as we go further into this bush. And I turn around to I turn around to the students and say, like, this is for protection and from experience. 
You keep that thing away from me. All right. Um, almost immediately, you realize uh, the treacherousness of the woods. Um, I'm going to have you do an initial uh, dexterity roll. Oh, that is a failure for Cooper Smith. Okay. Um, a hard success. Well, those yeah, of you who succeed a, don't have much trouble. Um, there's there, are, there are failures, moments. and then there's failures. I rolled 100. Oh. <laughs> I got a 90. I mean, I've never rolled a double zero in a game before. All right. Well, uh, Byron and Professor Hall... Both of you hook your feet on uh, on tree roots and go down. Rathmore, but, you, uh, you only take. Uh, I'm sorry. Rathmore, not Hall. No, no Hall. Um, yeah, I missed it by three points. Right. Oh, okay. You, uh, you go I took, down. I took a bigger. I took a bigger stumble. I think. Uh, you go down and uh, you'll do one hit point of damage. Uh, Professor Rathmore got a double zero. I would say roll a 1d4, and we'll see what you get. And do uh, I take one point also? Yeah, if you if you fail. I fail. Oh, I don't know what it is, but I got a 4. You got a 4. Okay, you've seriously <laughs> twisted your ankle. Ah. Now you're not sure if you shouldn't just turn around and go back to set up camp instead of trying to make your way farther through the, the woods. I, I want to see if I can... Uh, uh, Using some sticks and uh, uh, maybe um, you know tear a sleeve or something from uh, Rathmore's uh, shirt. I want to use uh, first aid and see if I can splint his ankle so that he can at least hobble on it and keep going. Well, it's not going to take any of the pain away. Yeah, I, I mean at this point, bad. like I'm not going to be going further, especially if it gets more treacherous. So, does anybody want to join me back in the camp? Because I'm yeah, the twisted ankle is just not going to definitely not going to get better as we go into rougher terrain so yeah if nothing else it's going to start to swell so whether you tighten your boot and a, and a forge now or at least get back to camp and elevate it but i don't want to be there by myself so if someone is willing to stay back with me would be much obliged well before you leave let's try and give you some first aid just to kind of Shear that up for you. Yeah, I can always take a second look. I'm pretty. We can only do one. Yeah. One first yep. aid. Uh, and so I, let's see, I I rolled very well, but since I only have base, let me see what the. Oh, um, I it was it was a hard success. I was two points okay. away from an extreme. Well, you get one hit point back, Doctor Rathmore, but it's still in a lot of pain. <clears throat> I can I can stay back with uh, Harold at camp here, but uh, James, what's your intent? Do you plan on going all the way to Doctor Baker's camp? Well, I want to find the mine, um, so we don't know how far that way that is. We'll walk for a ways, only far enough uh, till we can then turn around and and still have light in order to make it back. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll be all right. We'll be good. So so we'll, be, we'll definitely be back in time for Stu. Okay, so in a couple of hours, uh, if I haven't seen you drive, uh, maybe every 30 minutes I'll lay on the truck horn to help guide you. That sounds perfect. 
Okay. Dr. Rathmore, do a listen roll. I use different dice. <laughs> no, stay with That's, That was a sign. Oh, every time uh, you get okay. a double zero, you throw your dice away. <laughs> right, exactly. So these dice are much better. I got a nine. All right. I think that's a, that's a hard pass. It's like almost extreme. As you went down and hurt your ankle, there was a damn squirrel up in the tree somewhere making that sound that sounds just like a demon laughing at you. Hmm. And you didn't think about it at the time because it was just a damn squirrel, but it certainly coincided perfectly with you falling down. And it irritated you. Anybody else who wants, you might have heard it, but you didn't pay any attention to it. You hear noises like that in the woods all the time. So I'm not going to say much because, you know, yeah. what's the point at this point? And All right. Unless I hear something again. What are the what are the fauna like in general? Are there is there lots of bird call? Are there rustlings in the in the brush? Pretty much what you'd expect in the woods. You hear you hear insects. You hear birds. You hear occasionally other things. Maybe a uh, an occasional break of a limb or something as a a deer wanders away somewhere. You don't see it, but you know that it's out there. You can also maybe vaguely hear water trickling. Um, it is a hollow, so there tends to be some water. Cricks. And uh, other than that, it, it's not like spooky silent or anything like that. And occasionally the wind. You can hear the wind blowing through the trees. Okay. So uh, Professor Hall has volunteered to uh, help Professor Rathmore back to camp and stay with them. So yeah, I would just as, slow you down. So they'll head back, and uh, Phillips and Zundel and I will press on. Okay. Uh, Professor Hall and Professor Rathmore, it takes you 15 minutes or so to get back from where you are. And uh, you sit back down in camp. And you figure in a little bit, you'll probably set up whatever tents you have if you're going to stay there. Get a fire going, maybe. All right, uh, Marcus and Byron and James, Dr. Coppersmith, Dr. Coopersmith. Um, I, I earned this doctor degree. Use it. <laughs> you are, uh, are walking along. As I said, it's very treacherous. Uh, the ground is fairly lush. Even for this time of year, there's a lot of greenery. Um, you realize that you're coming up to a, uh, a little bit of a drop-off. It looks like it drops off maybe five feet, and down at the bottom of the drop-off is a creek that's going by. Um, but as you're looking at the creek, when you shift your head in the light so that the, the sun is sort of reflecting off of it, the water is blood red. What the? But only in certain lighting. Yeah. It, it's it's an odd phenomena. Are the are the banks of the creek clay? Oh yeah, they're clay. They look wet and muddy. That's peculiar. 
Yeah, the clay could be uh, tinting the water. Do you want to take a closer look? Yeah, um, so I'll sit on the uh, on the ground with my legs dangling into the uh, drop and then just kind of ease myself in. Okay. Um, and then when I get down there to the water, maybe squat and just kind of splash my hand around in it. Okay, you find that when you get within two feet or so of the water that the ground becomes very squishy and you're afraid you're going to lose your shoe in the, in the, the mud. Um, but you can see that there is probably an algae that's growing on the rocks in the water that is bright red. Um, probably so in this, uh, in this little uh, cut through for the water and everything, does it look like it's inches deep or does it look like it's, it's like you would be possibly even hip deep wading through it? No, no, it's not that deep. It's probably at the most only about a foot and a half or two feet at the, at the most, but there are a lot of rocks. You'll just have to kind of jump, jump across the rocks. It's only maybe seven or eight feet wide. All right, so it's not um, jumpable, but uh, no, but it's it's easily crossed, and even if you slipped and fell in, you're just going to get wet. You're yeah. not going to sink. Um, a Jane uh, woman said something about the Indians claiming the creeks flowed with blood, so I guess this is the basis of that superstition. Oh, right, yeah. right. They, I'm sure it would be interpreted like that. Yeah. Hey, uh, Phillips, do you have anything to collect uh, and preserve um, uh, specimen? Do you have any specimen containers? Yeah, yeah I, I assume I would. I mean, it might sure. be worthwhile to collect some of this algae, just, you know. I could I could always have a look, like, actually see if there's anything weird about it. It looks just like algae. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and you've both, I said you have anything that you need for your science so that would make sense you'd have that you can go okay. some I'll collect it. all right and then uh and then we'll uh and as you do guys our best are, to, to cross as you guys are crossing the river i'd like you to all do listen rolls what the fuck another 90 jesus well you're busy crossing <sighs> 91 yeah, I only have base. I failed too. All right. So other than, you know, the, the trickling sound of the water and the wind in the trees, you don't really hear anything. Okay. Um, you scramble across. Uh, you can all do uh, dexterity rolls to see if you get wet. And you'll, you'll get wet up to your shin. Fine and dandy. Regular success. All right. You skip across the rocks. Oh. Um, no, failed. failed. All right. So the two of you that failed, you you stumble in the water a bit, and now you're Ow! one of oh, at least goodness, one of your shoes. One of your shoes is wet, and you're a little uh, uncomfortable. Uh, uh, that soggy sock thing squishing in the shoe—that's awesome. You also notice that the light, that the the the, the thickness of the trees seems to have darkened and everything is kind of a dark muted green except where the sunlight is dappling. You can also see that the 
that the sun will soon be hitting the top of the ridge off in the distance, at which point it'll be shadowy. But you've still got a couple of hours before that. Okay. And we can see the ridge on the other side of the hollow? You can see it through the trees, you know. All right. Patches. So it's pretty easy to stay on a course. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we uh, get out of, you know, up out of this into onto the regular ground and, and keep on going. So I'll, I'll just say that after about an hour of this, you look ahead through the trees and you can see that they're starting to clear a little bit um, and that you're, you're picking up the remnants of what might be an old path or an old, uh, even possibly a road, but one that's been a long time gone. Um, it's overgrown with bushes and trees. And as you're going forward, you think you can see in the distance some remnants of buildings in amongst the trees. And uh, shortly thereafter, you start to come out into this small little town. Uh, the town is completely dilapidated. Uh, most of the buildings are leaning heavily to one side. There are large growth trees that have grown up on the porch and pushed through the roof and knocked over the building. Um, but for the most part, you can see there's a single road going through the town and buildings around it. So you are coming from the bottom uh, right-hand corner. You can see there's an old church, but the steeple has fallen over and smashed on the ground. Uh, you can see the remnants of a number of buildings on the side that you take to be like shops and saloons and so forth, but they're dilapidated. Uh, what may have been a general store, also dilapidated. Oh, wow. This must be the old mining town. Wow, this place looks really lively, guys. Hello, Dr. Baker. Hello. There is no answer. Um, so I guess this place has been abandoned so long that the people in West Haven don't even think of it as a place. Hmm. Yeah. They might not even know about it, yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's a long forgotten, long forgotten, whoever, maybe that woman you met might know more about this place. Maybe she well, was yeah, lying. She, I mean, no, she said there was, she, she called it a town. Hmm. I just thought I, I was expecting, you know, a couple of buildings, not a whole little, little downtown like I this. I wonder what happened to all the people. Well, you know, when you when a mine is empty, you move on again. I guess, yeah. So, um, what about why don't we just? I, don't, I feel like we should uh, search through this entire town, but let's kind of poke our head in to like uh, here on the left. You know, there's a whole row of buildings. Maybe we could kind of you know, poke, 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 and just kind of check those out. And maybe also the general store, maybe for, the church. For, you know, the kinda... sake, for the sake of gameplay, if you want to search them, you can just tell me which, which one you're searching. You might not okay. know at the moment what that building is. But... Right, right, right. Uh, I mean, clearly there's a, uh, uh, a former church over here. You know, we can see the right. steeple is falling over. Um, and then 
probably the windows have and the doors have uh, uh, iconography that that declares it a church. So uh, I'll I'll you know kind of run over and kind of push open the door and check into that real quick. Um, okay. When you push open the door, the door falls off. You can hear the whole structure creak. Um, it's all old rotting wood. You can see vines and creepers that have climbed up the walls and they're slowly tear nature is slowly tearing the building apart. Okay. The floor is torn up. The, um, but it looks like maybe it was a nice church at some time. Hmm. Okay. What about you guys? All wood. Yeah, I'll, I'll be sticking. I'll be sticking close to you anyway. So I'm just. I might actually go into the church, have a little poke around. Careful. Okay. Do a. Um, uh, it'll be fine. Do a luck roll. <laughs> Check the floor before you put your weight on it. Oh. Did you bring a ten foot pole? Oh. I failed. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, Wait, then do a dex I, roll. I was about to say, can I push my luck? No. no, but I um, do a dex roll uh, as the floorboard uh, you're putting your foot on uh, splinters and cracks. My dice are not liking me today. Okay, I failed. So uh, you put your weight on the board, it snaps, and uh, you go all the way down to your crotch um, <sighs> on on one leg. Uh, I'll go. I'll go, Byron, and try and reach for him to try and pull him out. Okay, go ahead and uh, do a, a man, what would that be? Grapple or maneuver? Um, a brawl. Uh, a brawl. Fuck. Fuck's sake! No. Okay. So, uh, Byron, you roll forward, and uh, one of your feet has gone into a hole. Uh, you've gotten bashed in the crotch. Um, you can do a one d four damage. Oh. Um, maybe you scratch yourself on a couple of rusty nails. Uh, free. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. You probably gash your arm on a on a nail. Okay, you're I want to. You're gonna need a tetanus uh, shot when you get back. I want to slowly try and help him out now. You know, grab his arm and shoulders and just kind of. All right, lean on me, lean on me. I got you. And then just try and start, you know, lifting him out so he can get his leg out and then and then back out of this. Yeah. You're going to have to be more careful. Stretches. Um, I'll see if I can do some first aid on him. I was, I was about to do first aid on myself. <laughs> uh, success. A hard success. All right. You get one, one hit point back. Um, but when you get back to Cincinnati, you're probably going to need a tetanus shot. If they had to, I'm sure they had tetanus shots back then. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Sure. Um, they do in our world. Um, God damn! I, I was hoping. Uh, so why don't you? Why don't you just have a seat here and let him sit down on the uh, the front steps of the church? And uh, so Marcus and I will be right back. We're just gonna walk through this real quick. Yeah. See if okay. you can find a log you can't hurt yourself on. Yeah, I'll I'll try. I. Damn it! And so, yeah, we'll we'll just kind of 
go real quick and, and uh, I'm going to run over to the general store. And then if Marcus wanted to kind of start working his way up the, uh, the row of buildings, just kind of maybe just open the door and kind of call in and look, see if there's anything obvious. And if not, just go on to the next one, just do this real right. quick. And then it's been so long and we're burning daylight. We should probably start heading back now, but at least we, we know where the mining town is and and once we come back in the morning, we could be here faster, more direct with all the guys. And then we could push on and maybe maybe find the mine, you know, itself. All right. It's um, mining town. Well, you said the general store. So when you get to the general store, um, once again, it's in similarly dilapidated conditions. However, when you look inside or just open the door and go a little bit inside testing the floorboards you can see that everything in here was fully stocked at the time hmm. and that everything was just left to rot uh there's a good deal of evidence that animals have been in here rummaging through what they can get there's sacks of grain that were ripped open and um and other things like that there are no there are no cans of food, uh, probably because it's before canning. Uh, but there are were definitely jars of things that are smashed and sticky, gooey jams and jellies maybe smashed on the floor that have long since dried and and, and or rotted. Um, but the store looks like it was abandoned. You can also see that there is an old cash register up in the front, one of those really elaborate, beautiful, actually, uh, cash registers. It's rusted and it's it's damaged. Hmm. This place seems like uh, it wasn't uh, wasn't just the people moved away when the when the mine ran out. It's like everybody. I think they just up and left. Uh, yeah, like something something either forced them or spooked them or something would have i mean i can't i can't imagine what would be so dramatic and so of, of such importance that you just up and leave like that there's no sign of fire damage under the buildings that are standing no it doesn't seem like it yeah no, just decaying it's um very strange are there, are there any um did the general store sell periodicals? Is there a newspaper? No, you don't see anything like that. Hmm. Well, smell coming from the old pickle barrel. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get, grab uh, Byron. Let's start hoofing it back. It's it's going to be a long walk for him on that ankle, but uh, hopefully, you know, he can take some aspirin when we get back to camp and. Good night's rest will do him good, and so we can do this trek again tomorrow. Would be nice to have all our eyes here. I just want to walk to the edge of this, you know, this sort of clearing where the main street was, because I'm hoping to see some indication of a contemporary occupation or a bit of camping gear or a campsite. I mean, they could just be behind those those buildings over there. Okay, you check that out. I'll go. I'll go grab uh, Byron. Yeah, he's right. going to need help anyway. Uh, Marcus, do a Spot hidden roll. Thirty nine is just barely a success. All right. 
Um, the only thing then that you notice is that of all of the damage and uh, buildings in the entire place, the hotel seems to have weathered the best. Um, of course, all the paint that was on it is peeled off um, and it's obviously damaged, but it's still fairly upright mm -hmm. and, uh, and looks to be the sturdiest structure in the area. But other than that, you don't really notice anything. Right. And it's and not I, unusual. It's just happens to be. Yeah, it was it was a more substantial edifice in the first place, perhaps, right. and it got lucky with where the trees fell. Um, and so there's no sign of any contemporary occupation or visitation or. No. No. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I I don't really trust any of the floorboards in any of these places, so I'm just peering through doors and windows. Um, all right. Uh, it should be, you know, it's always easier going back than it is forward. Uh, so even the lights fading, hopefully we'll make good time. Right. Because you know what, you know what lies ahead of you. Right, yep. Um, all right. So back in camp, uh, Professor Rathmore and Professor Hall, uh, I would like you both to do listen. I did not make mine. It's another wonderful role there. Zero three critical. All right. Um, Professor Hall, uh, I assume that you're sort of doing the most of the setting up. Um, yes. Since uh, Professor Rathmore is, every time you look over at him for help, he looks at you like, oh, but my ankle hurts. <laughs> I am an archaeologist. I have gone through this before many yeah. times. I don't think I'm that damsel-like, but maybe not. Um, but, you know, you're gathering, you're gathering wood, and um, uh, you're pretty sure you can hear the others coming. Uh, okay. But when you look over in that direction, there's nobody there. But you were almost sure that you could hear them talking. Uh, you heard somebody talking. Within how soon of the others' departure? Oh, this would have been maybe after an hour or so. But you look around and you're thinking, well, was it just a trick? Was it just the wind um, through the trees? It made a, a sound. From the direction that they left or from the direction yeah. that Jane No, from the direction that they left. It sounded like you could hear people making their way, but, but you don't see anything. Um, you wait for a minute, but there's nothing there. Professor Athmore, um it seems a little early, but I, I think I can hear the group uh, returning. It's coming from that same direction they left. Can you hear anything? You know, now that you mention it, I did hear something earlier when I actually twisted my ankle. But I swear to you, it's the darndest thing. It sounded like somebody was laughing. But, you know, I don't believe in all that kind of superstitious mumbo jumbo. So, uh, I don't know. Go let me sound the horn and see if uh, maybe they need the extra guidance to find the camp. Yeah. Well, they would, I you're figuring that. at this point they would have just maybe gotten to the town. Well, uh, again, I'm not knowing how far they how had. How far to they go. are, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, I mean, the two of us <laughs> did a good fall. It's not unreasonable for uh, one, or, one of them to have injured themselves. That so makes good the, sense. The early return. 
so yeah, I go to the uh, the uh, truck, the Mack truck that uh, Dr. Cooper Smith brought back and sound the horn, just a quick beep beep. All right. Um, uh, the other three, uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you may or may not have heard a beep beep way off in the distance um, at some point while you're in town. Um, uh, and then Bill, uh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Dr. Hall, what are you doing? Continuing to set up, I suppose. Uh, no, it's just that it was close enough to hear a regular conversation or was it more of a, did it sound well, you couldn't like hear words, but it almost, it just sounded like there was something or somebody out there. So I start calling out, hello, Dr. Cooper Smith. Mr. Phillips, Mr. Zundel. Nothing at all, but uh, Dr. Rathmore do a listen roll. Dr. Rathmore. He looks frozen. I'm here. Oh, there he is. Sorry, say again. Uh, do a, a listen roll. Ah, these dice. No. Okay. Switching. I'm you're uh, you're at least wondering what uh, what Dr. Hall is calling out. I mean, you know that he said that he heard something, but you didn't hear anything. Mm. I'm going to start closer to where I saw the others depart and okay. see if I can listen a little closer. So I'm probably uh, within 10 feet of that gap Okay, you're near you're near the place where the cars tried to drive in. Correct. Okay. Training to hear. Um, do another lesson roll. How bad is my twisted ankle? Am I able to massage it better? Yeah, I mean you'll be better in you know by the time everybody gets back. Okay. No. Um. Yep. You don't hear anything else. Uh, I go back to the car and uh, uh, toot the horn one more time, and then get back closer to listen. Okay, nothing. Damn, that's the strangest thing. I could have swore I heard voices. Ah, well, I got to say it. I got it. This is the only time I'm going to be able to do this in this campaign. Ah, you're just jumping at shadows. Yeah. Dr. Harold, do a luck roll. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know if I have any luck today because these dice are just killing me. Meanwhile, I'm going to go back to ah! the pent up. Finally, I got a one. <laughs> that would be an extreme success. As you are sitting there and uh, you're looking kind of at uh, Dr. Hall and you're looking around and he's kind of freaking out about a noise, um, you see a raccoon. Um, and the raccoon comes out from behind a bush. Uh, you're not even sure that the raccoon notices you guys at first, um, but it starts to cross a little bear patch, maybe 15 feet from you. What do you do? I quickly go over to Professor Hall and be like, Professor Hall, or I'll say Clive, you see that raccoon over there? And I go, I, I make for my gun <laughs> just to be safe. Oh, I was going to say, we don't need food now. We've got some good canned goods here. <laughs> Those things oh, I'm not, 
I'm not worried about food. I'm just, is that a, you know, I'm worried about, is that a ravenous a raccoon or not? Well, uh, as you're problem. saying that, the raccoon stops in its tracks and looks over at the two of you. And it does something very strange. It rises up on its haunches uh, upright and it hunkers its arms like this and splays its fingers and begins hissing and walking towards you menacingly. Oh boy. All right, and I start to aim and I'm like, give me a reason. Give me a reason, <laughs> Professor Hall, not to shoot this creature. So I had been putting the uh, tent up. I had gone back to the tent area after that you know, last attempt to listen. So I would have had a stake or a hammer for the stake or something sure. in my hand. So I'm ready with that. In case Realize this thing's only two right. feet high, you know. Right, but still, yeah, but if, it's, it's, if it is rabid, I'm ready to bat it away. So before I actually, like, you know, pull my trigger or anything else, I shout at it. Okay. I shout. I just like stop. Um, it's acting. It's acting very much like a cornered animal. Uh, it's hissing. It's uh, it's doing little jumps forward as it's trying to scare you, the way an animal that's much smaller than you would try to to intimidate you. So with my gun out, I I say to Professor Hall, "Is he nearby? I, I mean, are you are you close to me?" Yeah, within ten I, feet. Okay, so I say, I say, Professor Hall, throw a rock at it. And I do that. I stoop down and pick up a, a rock. Are you going to try to hit it? Uh, I would say scare it. Yeah, I'm just trying to scare it away. It it didn't react. Surprisingly, it didn't react to our, you know, standing upright and trying to intimidate it. Okay. And, you know, Harold's, Harold's screaming at it, so... You find that when you throw a rock at it, unless you actually hit it, it continues to march forward and try to try to intimidate you. Now, the animal doesn't look ill. It's not foaming at the mouth or anything like that. But when you finally hit it with a rock, a pebble or whatever, it 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 stops what it's doing and it turns around and runs away. You needed to throw to make a hit because if the first one didn't get it, I would have been picking up a second. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. You threw a rock at it and it hit near the ground and the thing just kept coming. So you hit it. You threw another rock at it and it turned around and ran. Okay. I pull back my gun and I kind of go, now that's the darndest thing, Clive. There's something not right about this at all. Like, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not one of those kind of, I don't know what you call those. Um, parapsychologists, I think that's what they call them, but there's something really odd around what's going on around here. There's a oh, squirrel the, the, up in a tree nearby that starts laughing at you. You hear that? I point my gun up at it. I can't do it, but it's it does sound a lot like laughter. I go, you hear that with my gun pointed up at it? Oh well, yeah, that's that's Definitely scary, weird. It's almost like uh, maybe they got a hold of some of that contaminated food. I have no idea. <clears throat> All I know is I'm not uh, I'm not itching to find out about much more. So, what do you, you think guys, we should do here? You guys uh, are definitely just, getting the creepy vibe. Oh so. hell yes! I we need to 
you you've got the only weapon the only the only pistol anyway i don't know how many rounds you have but uh you, you become the band I, I i would think i have enough ammunition in the car so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go back towards the car to actually get like grab my bullets just in case okay um, extra bullets as you are approaching the car you hear a loud metallic clank is it coming from the engine it's coming from the car, the car, in front of from the car in front of you but, but is, you it in, is it inside like the front or do, can i tell if it's inside the car no it sounded like something hit the car like a projectile hit the car yeah. i i quickly turn around to look as to can i can I calculate based on the sound? Nope. Clive, sound came I, from right in front of you. Clive, did you hear that? Did you see that? Did you see where that came from? He did hear it, but he didn't see it. Hell yes, I heard something. And Marcus Again. isn't here to throw rocks. Or so I, uh, I, I cocked my gun, get it ready. But I, I, and I, I put it forward and I keep going towards the car because I want to get to, the, to my ammunition. All right. And you get to the car. Looking. And I, I come up to give him support. Okay. Um, what do you do? Open the car, get out the ammunition? Uh, I open the car door slowly. Like, I pull, I pull the door open, and I pull my gun around like this, so that I'm actually trained directly into the car. Okay. Um, and not knowing where the sound came from, I'm more just observing... I'm assuming the bed of the truck or the engine compartment. I know it rattled off of something. So it's, I'm not suspecting something at the car. I'm suspecting somebody threw something. All right. Um, you I'm open kind, up I'm the car door and uh, you reach in and get your ammunition. Nothing jumps out. But I think you should do sanity points because you guys are right at the top of your jumpiness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 99 Oof. 44 which is pass all right if you pass nothing uh if you failed even with a 99 you got you just take one point of sanity damage um you're very jumpy hell yes i'm kind of twitching Kind of looking all around, like I said, I've almost put the car at my back now, the truck at my back, and as I'm looking around, at least on anything. this side, campsite, and I, when, I, when I don't see anything, I'm going to look down around the truck to see if I can see. I, I remember uh, Byron mentioning finding a, a copper light that seemed to be damaged on one end as if it had hit another rock. And so I'm looking to see if there's another copyright or stone near the truck that we hadn't seen before. Do a spot hidden. Zero seven. Okay. Uh, you look around, not immediately around the truck, uh, but you realize that in a clump of grass or so, right near the truck, um, you find another copyright. Um, and it definitely looks, now when you find where it is, you can see where it hit the car and uh, where it bounced off and rolled into the grass. Um, there's definitely a scuff mark on it. And this particular one, once again, has 
quite a lot of decorative pattern on it, including that original, that other strange symbol. Um, in which case you kind of guess that it must have come from the north or farther north into the woods. Uh, obviously it couldn't come from the south because it would have had to have arched over and somehow it, uh, there's only one a few directions it could have come from. Uh, you know that uh, West Haven is south south uh, yeah, south of you and that the mining town is uh, 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 north or, or west west northwest west northwest. Harold, I don't know about you, but I suggest we wait inside the truck because if one of these damn rocks hits, it's going to definitely hurt. Already ahead of you, and I jump in the car, I, I close the door, and I have my gun still out. Get in here, Clive. All right. Hell yeah. Uh, so you're sitting in there. Um, I'd like you both to do listen rolls. I am very edgy, and I'm just kind of doing that quick whip of the head as I'm looking from one uh, edge of the forest to the other. So 36 out of 25, so I missed it. Uh, I listen. I uh... No, I missed it. Okay. So you guys are in there. You guys are listening to your own heartbeats, <laughs> um, your own breathing. Um you, the, you have the windows rolled up or rolled down? Uh, uh, mine's down, so I don't want to get shattered by glass. Okay. Yeah, I, I, mine's down because I got my gun out right. as well. Just, just so it doesn't fog up. Um, uh, but you're sitting there for a few minutes, and suddenly you hear, uh, I'd say, uh, you're sitting there for a, a, you know, at least a half an hour or 45 minutes or so. And... Uh, you hear a sudden loud rustling and uh, something that you can only imagine is fairly large coming up from behind the truck towards the open uh, driver's side window. So it coming towards me? Yeah. You don't can see I... it. It's, it's right in your blind spot back here, but it's coming up. Uh, you hear the noise. Can I look? I look real quick into the into the rear rear right. mirror of the side. When you do, can I turn to look? What you see? What what happens at the same time that you look is you hear, uh, "Hey, where did everybody go?" And you see Jane standing there, and she's got something about the size of a stock pot in her hands, and she's just come out of the woods up into your camp. Okay, so then I say, I say, Clyde, let's go out. So I quickly open the door. What you hiding in there for? <laughs> put my gun. I put, I put my gun away so she doesn't see it. Like I put it on my side. I come out and say, "Well, so you're back." Damn it, well, I said I was coming back with some, uh, some vittles. Vittles, vittles. There's some uh, feral raccoons out here. Definitely threatening. They didn't look rabid, but they damn sure were ready to attack. Nothing you couldn't kick with a good swift boot. Do you? Is there a lot of things that you hear in the in these woods? We've been hearing a lot of stuff. Just, just woods. 
Same old woods as anywhere else. Hmm. Well, what do you got there? What did you, you make in your Some place I can put this? Well, it's kind of a squirrel muddle. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you put it over here? I think do we do we I think we set a fire anyway, so yeah. I think that would be the normal place to kind of put it down. So she sets it up there and she says, So where is everybody else? I thought you had more people. They went out to check the uh the mining town, but they need need to be careful because something around here has been throwing these rocks at us. What sort of rocks? And I show her the ones that I picked up. Oh, she says, I haven't seen one of them for a long time. So you have seen one of these? Well, I've, I've, seen, I've seen something like it, though not as pretty and decorated as this one is. What's the stories that you've heard about it? Uh, who's I done think the decoration? That, I think that uh, it's something specifically from this area that uh, I think the, the old mining town, they were planning at some point of harvesting enough of those to make some money. They stay cold for some reason. Did you notice that? Yeah, we do notice that. And I'm still I'm still kind of flinching around looking beyond her at the edge of the forest. Back in the days before refrigeration, you know, keeping things cold wasn't very easy. Well, this would definitely help out with refrigeration. Probably a good uh, half dozen or dozen of these would make you a good little ice box. He says, well, uh, I brought some, she brought some 10 bowls. She says, oh, I didn't have more than three. We'll have to kind of share. Well, we've got some uh, canned goods that we can open up and uh, double the feast. Canned goods. The others should be around uh, shortly. What's canned good? Sure. Oh, you mean like like in jars? Jane, I thought you said you've been into town. Well, I don't go into those those kind of stores. You're Ooh, talking why about is, why is that? You never seen this kind of food before. People don't like me. Oh, really? Why People don't that? like me. I don't like them. I don't know. Prejudice. But, Jane, you've got such a pleasant personality. I mean, look, you bring in food to share. Who can't, who can't like that? Well, that Dr. Baker, he seemed like an awful nice man. That's good to hear. Hopefully, along with the rest of them, none of the other members of his group uh, – caused you any uh, harm or uh... oh no he even had some youngins with him couldn't understand why they brought youngins out here these uh archaeologists here are all old folk well so, i take i take umbrage with that i'm an archaeologist and i'm not so old we do have to train our replacements do you uh oh um bill do a um a, a listen roll yeah. Oh, I was going to say for a 20, it was going to be tough, but I rolled a 13. Okay. Um, you suddenly hear noises once again coming from the woods, and it startles you, and you turn quickly around only to see uh, uh, Zundel Phillips and uh, Cooper Smith um, off in the distance making their way towards you. Jane, here you go. Here's the rest of the team just now arriving. 
Well, hot damn. She says, Ooh, she sort of smells good. And I've kind of uh, lost thought about the uh, rock throwing threat as I've now bent over the fire, starting to open up some of the canned goods to uh, make a meal to add to her uh, provisions. Now, for those of you who have some, uh, Jane's food is primitive. Um, it's got a mushroomy flavor. Uh, there's even kind of a potatoy flavor, which she explains there are, you know, wild uh, roots and things like that that serve kind of as potatoes. And the meat is mostly squirrel. Takes a lot of damn squirrels. Um, but the flavor is okay. Not the buckshot. It's pretty gamey. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's even kind of a sort of a Swedish element to it. I don't mean Swedish. I mean sweet-ish. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be really shocked. If, if now we're talking Swedish, then it's a whole different story. <laughs> I'm really suspicious of this lady. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I show gratitude uh, by having the meal that she prepared. So I think that's uh, yeah, wonderful. I, yeah, I, I introduced... I introduced the other three members that had, that have not seen Jane before, or at least the two. Well, you brought I, some you brought some young folks with you, also, huh? Yeah, nice big I, strapping young men. Somebody needs to do uh, the heavy lifting. Well, well is that uh, what you folks do—the heavy lifting? Yeah, yeah, and I kind of flex towards. <laughs> we do our share, I, I guess. Uh, that was a, I, I, I just thought we'd find a camp up there, but there was a whole uh, abandoned town about a, you know, yep. an hour. Old, old mining town. Pretty much all the buildings are falling on, a kind of treacherous. Looks like your boy there got, uh, got injured. Yeah, I did. Didn't see any sign of Baker or Tucker or nobody, though. Well, that's odd. They should be there somewhere or, or bivouacked somewhere there um we, we didn't have much time to look dark. though right yeah um you know uh what's the what, is there any any uh, stories or legends about that uh, mining town it's funny you look at it and it it doesn't look like a town that people close down by choice it looks like they were runoff like something forced them out, never to return again. They just left things right like they, how they had them. Well, I don't know if it had anything to do with those bones, but uh, did y'all check out the jail? Uh, no. Check out the jail. That's kind of where I told the professor to go. I thought he'd be surprised. Oh, what? Well, I mean, we'll what's be there tomorrow. What's so interesting? What's the, what's in the jail? Skeleton. Huh. Well, that will be interesting. We'll be sure to check that out. They, they, they just up and left and left their prisoner behind. And that's, that's pretty, pretty strange. Mr. Zundel, uh, when you were in the town, did you happen to see any of those uh, bones and skulls that Jane mentioned were scattered about the uh, roads in town? No, we didn't see them. I, I figure they might have been closer to where the mine was, which we just saw the little town. 
Got to look around the town. And the shadows were getting long, and you know Byron had his accident, so we knew it would yeah. take a little bit longer to get back. And they had told us that you were going to be bringing some uh, some mighty fine uh, chow, so we wanted to we wanted to have the chow. Thank you, thank you. Did you see kindly. anything weird when you were out in the woods? Hmm. That's an interesting question because I actually wanted to ask you that question. Seems like you have a lot of knowledge about these woods. Can you tell I've been us out, something? I've been out here my whole life, but the Indians think they're haunted. Indians think yeah. that the spirits of their dead get stuck in the trees and can't get away. They say uh-huh. the, the rivers run with blood. Well, I've seen some rivers that are kind of red looking, but it's water. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can agree with that. Uh, we saw... We saw a little creek, and it looked certainly looked like it had uh, a, a red tint to the water. But you know, I no. think that's that's just that's just the effect of a of a reddish lichen that's uh, growing on the rocks, just ref- the, uh, refracted the, in the light. The Lakota people are uh, superstitious. As like as I many... say, I, I lived out here my whole life, and I never saw nothing. Hmm. Interesting. In but it does sometimes sound like the trees are whispering to you. That's just nature. I could agree with that. I could have swore I heard uh, voices from the uh, forest. Well, you city folk, you're not used to this kind of stuff. I thought forests were supposed to be quiet, but there's all ah, kinds of noises out there. All kinds of noise in the forest. I'd sure like to be here if you all heard a deer uh, call out for its mating call. Damn scariest mm. thing I ever heard when I first heard it. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. Sounds like, sounds like a man screaming. Hmm. Did uh, your family move out here before the mining town was built? Um, she looks, um, I don't want to say it. Uh, she looks, uh, inbred, thoughtful. Okay. Um, but she only looks like she's about 40 years old. Uh, the mining town looks like it's a hundred years old. Um, she says, oh no, no. Uh, we were out here much later than that. But, uh, you know, after Mama died, I was very small. And my Papa died when I was about 16, 17. Mm. And we were already living out here in the woods, so I just kept living out here. Have no use for anybody else. You don't have to worry about revenueers, I guess. We done trapping and we done fishing and not a bad life. Her the the pot that she brought down. Mm-hmm. Is it a Sears model? Is it is it cast iron? Is it? I don't know. It's not probably not cast iron, but it's something pretty old. But not looks, handmade. No, but it looks like something that would have been handed down. Mm-hmm. You know, grandma's old stock pot. Um, so how are our provisions holding up? Everything fresh is decayed. Uh, not everything, but definitely there's there's decay amongst everything but the, the freshest stuff that you brought. Professors, I feel like we might 
maybe we should like I don't know build a second fire and burn all the rotten stuff so it doesn't get everything else. Yeah, that's a good call. Or or just simply bury it. Pick a spot a few yards away and and bury it in there. I smell less that way. I'd be careful with what we bury because if if that's food is uh, spoiled. Uh, I mean, we were, Harold and I were uh, attacked by a rabid raccoon. Damnedest thing. Almost. Nearly attacked. We ended up scaring it away. But uh, By a ferocious raccoon. Yeah, as funny as it sounds. It just wouldn't, it it didn't behave, it didn't behave like a normal raccoon. It would actually, it was actually coming at us and it wouldn't stop and then we had to a Clive had to actually throw a stone at it, hit it, which, you know, you think that just screaming at it or, you know, all those kind of things that you normally do would actually scare off an animal, which makes me feel like, and this is what I told Clive, that there's something really odd about these woods. Something that's not quite right here. It's making me unsettled. Well, they're sheet jaw, right? If you, you tell me if you've ever seen a raccoon stand up on its hind legs and take his paws in a threatening manner and walk towards you hissing with those hands displayed as if ready to attack like a bear up on his hind legs going after prey well a bear would be scary but you know a little raccoon they're cute that's you just kick it aside yeah yeah, yeah. all right boys but here's (laughs) the thing right aside from the fact of the size of the animal what we're talking about is why would a raccoon do that out here in this particular area, considering all the other crazy kind of somewhat paranormal events that we've been actually seeing. I'm more speaking about the behavior. The behavior doesn't seem right. You can see that Jane is just sitting back and smiling ear to ear listening to you. You don't know. Raccoons could behave like this in depending on where they are. The boys got you. They adapt. No, raccoons, raccoons are big, big bluff artists. They, they got all kinds of animals, dogs and, and wolves and things that are after them all the time. And their, their defensive mechanism is to pretend to be little bears. They, uh, they don't back down. They right. come at that, you. They stand up on exactly, their haunches. That's exactly it, though. Defense mechanism when they're actually being threatened. It's well, you scare it? Yeah, but, no, not yeah, at all. You, yeah, but you two are quite old looking and big people so it might be it might have got scared by well this scared the piss out of me say young man what is your name uh byron yeah i got a favor to ask you Uh uh you look like uh you're fairly strong you ever chop wood uh yeah i did back in on the farm before i came um i don't know if you need permission from your elders but uh uh, you know, uh, living in the woods ain't exactly the easiest thing, and I have uh, damaged my back a few times. I was just wondering if I could borrow you to come and so- chop some wood for me. I'm kind of low. <laughs> well, Byron, do you? Yeah. You why, not? Ask for why not? <clears throat> you go take right this, ahead. Take this trapping young lad. Please <laughs> do. Yeah, I see you hobbling, so Jane, don't go too fast. No, uh, it'll be all right. Um, well, we'll finish our dinner. I'll, I'll, if you wouldn't mind accompanying me out to my cabin, I'll, I'll, we'll chop some wood and then, uh, 
I can bring you back or you can stay there and come back in the morning. Or you said you're going to go to the, the town. That's right. I could drop him off at the town. Um, Whatever you feel like. I can bring him and, back tonight. And, and we never saw Byron again. <laughs> I died. <laughs> I'm doing a psychology role. Yeah. All right. I am yeah. too. I'm, I'm, I'm analyzing her. I want to look. I want to do a psychology. I'm not. I'm feeling. I'm, I'm not going to have much psychology. I'm trying to see okay. if she had a lustful look at Byron. Or <laughs> well, she seems yeah, very, very smiley. Yep. Yeah, both either. teeth are very comely in her head, so it's awesome. <laughs> the one tooth. What do you mean, both? <laughs> no, I didn't consider that, but her teeth are probably in fairly decent shape for uh, somebody who's for not, br had, for not uh, brushing uh, them, for not having ever brushed them. them for like forty years. This is this is a Hollywood game where everybody looks good. <laughs> in nineteen twenty some odd, in the we don't want to deal with the Byron dark we'll, brown we'll, teeth. She probably we'll, we'll see in the morning, Byron. Sugar in her diet. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, Byron, you're Byron, you're a young man now. Go out and conquer them words. All right. So you guys have also set up your tents. Set up the tents, and uh, Cooper Smith is. Uh, is Bush? He's gonna he's gonna turn in. One right. large ten. Is there anything to drag out and start? Is there anything else you would like to do before Jane and Byron leave? Hmm. Well, I'm very curious about the way this old mountain woman lives. But do I get the impression that she's really just inviting Byron? Yeah, she just she, she acts like she just needs needs somebody to help her chop wood. So I will, before, as Byron is packing, um, I will uh, go up to him and somewhat whisper, but I, and I said, you can call me crazy, but uh, just be on the lookout. I swear, Professor Rathbord, I both heard squirrels, again, sound stupid, but squirrels laughing at us. Fall twist an ankle, they laugh. Uh, we get scared by the raccoon and the damn thing laughs. The raccoon attacking us. There's something going on. So, again, stupid old fart, but just keep your ears open and your eyes open and tell us, you know, when you when you get back to us, what you saw around Jane's uh, house and in your truck back to her. Not to, mention the, not to mention the fact that we haven't even seen Dr. Baker or anybody yeah. else, right? Well, I'll, I'll keep that in mind, but are you sure you're not going a bit of uh... See now, you're All right, get out of here, you little scamp. <laughs> I'm going to uh, uh, go through our larder and burn anything that seems strangely decayed and sort of make a little log of what we've got that's intact. Um, are all canned goods fine? So far. So far, all canned Of course, you don't know fine. that until you open them all. Well, I opened about three of them to add to the stew. Right. They seemed fine. Um, all right. So Jane and Byron are leaving. What the hell is that? Is that your hand? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looked really artificial when you did that. Like a mannequin's hand. All right. Um <laughs> Uh, Marcus, I would like you to do a spot hidden roll. 
Uh, but at this point, Byron and Chain are gone. 47 is not a success. That's, I've got a 40. Does this seem like I'm something I should be really intently studying? You should spin the, spin the luck. Yeah, I've got more <laughs> than 50. I'm going to do it. I'm going to spend seven. As you are checking the food, you think that you notice an interesting sort of pattern. And the pattern is there's one of those copper lights sitting on the same table and the food closest to the copper light is the most rotten. Oh, we got some Mary Curie stuff going on. Uh, is this the copper light that Dr. Hall found while we were out? No, not necessarily. It's just a cop one of the copper lights you found. Oh yeah, because actually we uh, we took them to the truck and the food was in the truck, so it's yeah. And, yeah. This, and this this these woods are li oh I'm not there. Yeah. Well, no, I'm gonna you know uh, whoever is ab about and not obviously busy with something, I'm gonna I'm gonna point this out. Like we had only I only found one can of string beans that was like distended, and it was sitting right next to this rock. Uh, and all the other ones were in, by the front, and they are fine. Um, it's like it's like there's you know radium or something coming out of these cold rocks. Yeah, we should uh, we should isolate all those in a certain place, like maybe in one of the uh, broken down cars. So let's just put them inside one of the cars, either in oh the boot God or idea. in the back seat, something like that. I well, like the idea of putting them in metal. You sure you want to put them all close together? I mean, that may... So, well, let's get them away from our food. Let's just put them all together in one place next away from our food. I, I agree with that. But Marcus, was this one of the decorated copper lights? Uh, yeah, the one, the one that seemed to be... I mean, they're kind of in this... We brought them to the truck in a sack together. So it might, it might be, I don't know that if, you yeah, know, I, I don't know if there's a difference between them. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with Dr. Cooper Smith. I was starting to suspect these things, something about them. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to take a couple of the, the copper lights and I don't want to like hold them because they're too cold, but I want to, I want to pu push them together, the ones with the designs and see if I can actually like, make anything out of it? Like, do the designs line up, or is there some sort of a pattern? Or do um, they get colder? Well, there's, definitely, there's definitely similarities in the patterns, uh, but they don't line up or anything. Is there anything I would, I mean, the reason why I'm doing it is from, from my archaeological background, would I be able to actually, like, dis decipher anything? Like, even from a, from a, oh, I understand that this is from this particular tribe of Indians, or is there like, you know, can I investigate? Do an archaeology roll. And of course, with my dice rolls tonight. Faith. We have faith. 17. Good. At least, at least that's, that's still good. Okay. That's a, that's a, probably an extreme. It's a six out of a 65. You're, uh, you're pretty sure that you've never seen any glyph like this before in any American Indian Ooh. hieroglyphs or anything on any rock or stone 
you're not sure of the orientation, but you've turned it around, see how different it looks in different spots, but it doesn't look like anything you've seen. Also, the technique of the way that it's drawn on the rock doesn't seem familiar. You're not really sure how they're doing it. Almost like it's been, it, it's almost as if the rock itself has changed color in those spots, like it was etched with acid or something. Maybe since there's two teeth in them, they were sculpted while it was still soft. And I'm no physicist, but I'm pretty sure that something that just gets colder and colder all by itself is a violation of the second law of thermodynamics. I mean, couldn't you make a machine that would use that, that would just run itself forever? Or it gets used up somehow. Let's isolate these. Let's put them all in one place. Let's isolate them. Get them away from the food. And, and my uh, film. Yeah. So, yeah, let's, I'm suggesting one of the broken down cars. Let's just pile them in there. It'll be fine. We have five of them now? However many. Apparently, right. they're, they're either falling out of the trees or somebody's in the woods tossing them at the cars. That's when... You know, one of them thunked onto the cars earlier. So let's just put them all away and uh, and try and get some rest. So, Doctor, do you do you really think just putting them next in the other truck is far enough away? I mean, think about the one one copper light that was in town, and yet there was food spoilage in buildings that were fifty feet plus away from the hotel. Well, I don't know if we know that that was the only piece of copper light. I mean, as as abundant as these are appearing to be, anybody could have found them and, and brought them into town. And they could be all, you know, scattered around as souvenirs in dust drawers or something like that that we haven't seen. So let's, I think, I think the car will be fine. You know, it's metal lined. Maybe the metal will help uh, insulate and keep it, you know, self-contained. So fair assessment, maybe yeah, put it in the uh, glove box or the, or the boot, you know, just, you know, open up the, uh, the, the rear hatch and toss them in there and, and, uh, and let's just, you know, let them sit together and maybe we can preserve some of our food. That's a fair assessment. Now, if we, so I assume that, Professor Hall has mentioned the lobbed copper light to at some point over dinner. And those of us who weren't present for it are aware. Because that makes me wonder whether or not, I mean, I'm not very sleepy and things are kind of, you know, this is all kind of exciting. Maybe we should even consider having somebody stay up and keep watch overnight. Or am I just going crazy? But if people are throwing rocks, well, let me just say this. Uh, you do not want to sleep on the edge of the tent. Because if a rock hits it, the, the, the closer you are to the middle of the tent, the less you're going to, the canvas flex and you get uh, hurt. Anybody else feel like staying up for a couple hours? Uh, sure, I'll sit, I'll sit up with you. I'm the only one with a gun, so I might as well sit up with you too, just in case. Protection. All right. So, so you guys, what kind, of a, what kind of an order do we want? Because 
Are we going to have three up at one time and then two? I mean, we didn't see what attacked us in the broad daylight. Uh, well, Byron's know. gone, so there's only four of us. So well, I can point. I can hit the sack and uh, let Harold and, and Marcus take first watch, and then uh, maybe halfway through the night they can wake us up. That's a good point. Let's do that. All right. If, if maybe we could at least hear whatever it is approaching the camp. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's that's what you guys are going to do, Byron. Um, uh, you're walking along through the woods with Jane and Jane's trying to give you tips on, you know, watch your foot in there, watch what you're doing there. Um, thank you. Thank you. Do you, uh, do you have any questions for her or do you, uh, carry um, on a conversation with her? I, I'll just kind of go, uh. Jane, so what's it really like living out here? Like, you know. Well, you know, it's never, never very easy. Um, and living in the woods kind of wears you down after a while. You get hurt, you got to just live with it. Yeah, it must get lonely for you being by yourself. I don't know. I don't know about lonely. Does any of the uh, local wildlife... Uh keep you company do you get well i mean you could say that there are things about the woods that are comforting and quiet and make you feel good just to be around them so here's my place up here uh we'll be there in a couple of minutes you can see the smoke from the, the cabin yeah cool. cool so as you come up you see there's a little clearing uh, there's a fairly small cabin. Um, uh, you can see that there's a garden uh, that she's uh, cultivated. Um, uh, as you're as you're getting there, it, it's it's fairly dark. Um, there's light coming from inside, uh, but she doesn't take you inside. Uh, she takes you around to the back, and she says. Uh, this is the this is where I do my wood chopping, and she brings over a lantern and sets it on a tree stump, and uh, there's quite a pile of logs oh, well. that she'd like to split. She said, "You know, I'd I'd eventually do it myself. It's just like I say, I I'm a little uh, under the weather at the moment because my back. Um, you you work on that, and I'll be right over here. I'll." I'll do some uh, cultivating in the garden. Yeah, well, why are you growing anything? Just various herbs and and vegetables that I've uh, I've managed to get going. Cool. Okay. Yeah, and, I will. Uh, has she got like a makeshift axe? I'm assuming. No, she's got an axe. She's got a big old, yeah. oh, big, big old over the shoulder whacker axe. Um, she uh, she starts shoveling near you. And uh, and whistling as she's as she's shoveling, and you start chopping uh, yep. wood. And uh, after a few minutes of chopping wood, um, uh, you're you're in mid chopping. You're concentrating and you're getting it getting a good rhythm of chopping going. And she stops whistling. 
and you don't really notice at first that she stopped whistling and you turn to look in her direction and everything goes black. Um, so the three of you or the four of you back at camp, um, uh, it's getting towards the end of first watch. You're going to have two watches. So it's towards the end of first watch. I'd like the two that were staying up first to do a listen rolls. No, and my wonderful luck with dice rolls tonight continues with a 97. Yay. Okay. You don't hear anything. Who, who else did it? Was up? 81 for 20. Failure. Yeah. All right. Neither one of you hears anything. Um, and as it's getting late, uh, uh, Byron does not come back. Uh, which, not. Well, she said he might stay there. Um, uh, so at that, that point, you then switch watches. And uh, Cooper Smith and Hall, you get up. It's the wee hours of the morning. Uh, the air is chilly. Uh, this is uh, what grad students are for. Uh, uh, you can all do. Uh, one of them go away. You can all do uh, listen rolls. Well, Clive and and Cooper Smith. You know, I am <laughs> seven away, so I will spend seven luck. How about you, Dr. Yeah. Clive? I was 70 away. <laughs> okay. I spent seven luck to make it, excuse me, make it a standard success. <laughs> All right. Well, this time, uh, Dr. Cooper Smith, as you're sitting there, uh, probably chit chatting a little bit with Clive, uh, you suddenly hear something off in the woods. Sounds mm -hmm. like something's moving around. Um, it's slow. You can hear little tree branches or twigs breaking, um, but it's pitch black out there. You imagine that it could be a deer or something rustling through the woods. Um, and then you hear a second one in a, in a, in a different direction. Maybe uh, you know, if one is towards the north, another one is towards uh, the east. Um, as soon as the cop uh, Dr. Cooper Smith points it out. I'm already, from my prior encounter, I'm already on edge and I'm looking and listening a little closer. Yeah, I, I, tell, him, I, I tell him about the sound and I'm like, I wonder if your raccoon is returning. I'm I listening. Went, I went to bed with uh, one of the, uh, e either a hammer I used to drive the tent stakes in with or uh, an extra tent stake from one of the tents we did not put up, but something good like a bat to bash with you're thinking that you're hearing at least two different things um and they're at least a hundred feet apart in different directions from what you are you start to get the funny feeling that you're being surrounded but by what you don't know i I step into the tent to uh, wake the others. I is our is our campfire still going? Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's probably just critters that are kind of curious about the fire. Uh, but just to be on the safe side, I, I, I have uh, in my uh, paleontology uh, background, I, I've picked up a uh, uh, petrified wood baton. And uh, so I kind of, you know, it's just like, it's my little good luck stick or whatever. So I, I'll get that baton, you know, petrified wood baton and just kind of have it handy, you know, it's a good thumping stick. Uh, but uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, look, the guys just went to sleep. Honestly, not that concerned. I mean, it's, it's probably just animals. Um, so if we just stay quiet and, you know, we don't make a lot of ruckus, everything should you're be talking, fine. They're, they're probably just, because I've already woken them. <laughs> you, you all very strongly realize that you're not used to sleeping in the woods. Yeah. And there's frog sounds and there's crickets and there's odd rustling noises off in the distance. And maybe there's even the sound of a wolf howling way off in the well, distance. Why don't we, you know, this, the, they probably don't have uh, zippers on these things, but they probably have, uh, you know, buttons, right? They have so we ties. can and ties so let's let's tie the uh, flaps closed and just sit nice and quiet inside our little tent we can see you know the the light of the campfire flickering on our on our tent flaps let's just sit quiet in here everything will be fine and and so we'll just kind of um you know we shut and tie the door shut and uh, sit quietly in there i'd like you all to do sanity rolls Oh boy. Five is already on edge, so. Made it. Big time. Uh, If you make it, you just sit there and shiver a little, but if you didn't make it, you can take one sanity point. Just out of, because you're getting really afraid. Yeah, I'm I'm keeping people calm. It's fine. All right. I'll say that you drift in and out of sleep until the morning. Um, but I'd like you all to do con rolls for constitution to see if you're a little exhausted in the morning. Ooh. Yeah, hard my, success. I missed my, my, I missed my, my nine. Okay. Yeah, I also slept poorly. If you failed for at least half the day, you're going to take some penalty dice on your skill rolls. But other than that, you're, you're okay. Um, and uh, Byron is not in the camp. Didn't expect him to be. Yeah, Byron, you know, he might be, she said she'd probably bring him to the mining camp, so why don't we scarf a quick breakfast um, and uh, and hoof it, you know, because let's take advantage of as much sunlight as we can. I agree right. with you, James. So, <clears throat> in your estimate, how how far away do you think the the mine is now that you've been there, or the mining town? It's about two miles, but it's bumpy, so it took us a little more than an hour to get there. So, it'll so be a slow, maybe, careful walk. Maybe forty-five minutes. Now that you know the way. Yeah, it might be a little Probably faster. Not. No, maybe. Okay. So, have to be careful. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm not going to have you guys do con rules, but we'll say now uh, an hour or so has gone by, and you're you're approaching the town. 
All right. So uh, when we start walking into town, I start kind of calling out, you know, Phillips, Phillips. No response. Um, I would like you all to do sort of spot hints. Okay. 35 made it. Man, I'm having great rolls. Extreme success. Okay. Well, I think we'll give it to Dr. Cooper Smith. With your extreme (laughs) success, now that the light is different, now that the sunlight's coming from the other direction, uh, you find what you think are the remnants of footprints uh, in the the sandy mud um, that are definitely not old. They're, They're modern. Um, you're guessing Dr. Baker and his team definitely came into town at some point. All right. All right. Uh, so yeah, let's, uh, let's give the town a little, little bit of a, of a, of a checkout. Um, it probably would be best if we all just kind of stuck together and, and uh, it'll give us time to kind of kill time while we wait for Byron to catch up. Um. So she talked about the jail. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know, so, you know, starting at the uh, building that's closest to us um, on the left, which, uh, you know, we don't know it, but it's the, uh, the uh, saying office, Uh, but we'll start there. And again, um, I know, uh, I know Zundel already kind of went down the road, but we'll go down the road again. You know, Hey, be careful of the, the floorboards in here. They're pretty weak. So, we're just pretty much, we've been just staying on the front porch, open a door, kind of call in. Um, okay. And so, then, so gonna, we, we work our way down. Dr. Cooper, do you see more of the uh, footprints, uh, an estimate of uh, where they're going, or do they fade out? Well, when you're looking for them, you can tell they continue into town. However, let's do what uh, Dr. Coopersmith said. You're walking along. Uh, you look in this the assayer's office, and uh, it's pretty dilapidated. Uh, you can see there is a scales, uh, but the scales is rusty and it's fallen on the floor. Um, and behind the uh, behind what would have been the assayer's desk, uh, there is a small blackboard, and on the blackboard there is. There are three items listed, and uh, they have to do with perhaps what they were finding in the mine. Um, trying to look and see what they are. It's not important. Maybe it's gold. Maybe it's silver. I can't remember what it was, but the the point is, is that one of them is black rocks, and they're actually trying to assess um, the value of these copper lights that keep things cold hey you know what um this looks like it could be an assayer's office you know you would certainly need a a building like that in a mining town i wonder if they might have a map to gold silver and black stone a map to where the uh, mine could be, or even a bone field. Maybe yes. they, you know, especially if the if the fossils are related to the copper lights. 
Right. Well, step care. Paper yeah, doesn't speak. I need, I need two down. minutes. Okay. I need two minutes. I'm sorry. I'd be right back. All right. Time to tuck the kids into bed. Two minutes later. All right. With that. All right. Now, Dr. Uh, Hall, you were saying something. Uh, Yes. Uh, Once we are entering town, uh, I wanted, uh, knowing Jane had mentioned the abundance of bones and skulls just laying about, I am uh, observing for those as we enter the town and we, you know, walk closer in. Uh, and, and of course, uh, Dr. Coopersmith and the others did tell us what they had found in town and the dilapidated ruins and, of course, uh, how Byron hurt himself. So we're, we're wary of the rotten floors. Okay. And I'm on the lookout for the jail because creepy old Jane said there was a skeleton in it. And I'm I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a point not to kind of like go along with everyone and thinking that Byron's okay, and saying like getting a little bit antsy, saying like, hey guys, like we can kind of do this, but I think I don't know, maybe you guys are too holed up in the city for too long. But you know, and I've been out in the field doing a lot of field work in my time, and him not being around and not us not knowing any hide nor tail, and him not coming over to our campsite, I'm really concerned about Byron's safety at this point. Why did you say something last night? Well, no, this morning. He didn't show up this morning, and then we came out to here. Oh, because, right. Right, right. So I'm just saying it here in the town is what I'm saying, because now we didn't see him. So the first thing I'm, I'm going to say is, like, he's not here. What's going on? I'm a little bit concerned. Oh, I, I, think, I think Jane's fine. She, she's harmless. We'll, we'll see Byron soon. She's going to bring him to, to the – she said she was going to bring him to the town. She'll bring yeah, him to the here. town. They're on their way. And you guys are there pretty early. early. Yeah, we're here early. So um, we barely slept, and you know, yeah, uh, he's a big boy. What do you think? She's a cannibal. I wouldn't put anything past anyone at this point. Like, so I don't know. So I want to, uh, uh, because I think this the Sayers' office might have like a map or something. I want to. I'm gonna carefully try and enter the assayer's office and uh and i'll be trying to like test floorboards before i step in you know tap tap okay take a step tap tap hopefully i don't get surprised uh, but i want to try and see if there's a any kind of like diagrams maps notes maybe there's a journal that talks about how far away one is uh or you know because there could be more than one mine uh but i want to see if i can find any uh and uh, notations or a map about the mines and then anything uh any notations or anything that they've kept about this black rock and the corporate that we've been finding or a uh, copper light that's that's been black right right so you know and that stuff is abundant as heck so maybe even back when this mine was uh, up and running that's what they were discovering so i'm gonna I want to check out the assayer's office for information like that. And I think some of the other guys are going to go and do other stuff. Okay. Well, um, Dr. Cooper Smith, uh, do a, a spot hidden roll. Success. Standard success. All right. Um, the, the place is pretty damaged. Uh, but when you finally get to kind of the the back room, if you will. Um, 
you notice a couple of broken old uh, crates uh, that have a few copper lights in the bottom of them. But on the wall, uh, you do notice this. Hey, all right. I have found a, a map of the mines, like not just uh, the the location from town to mine, but an, a, a diagram of the of the excavated mine interior uh, with dates. It looks like it's got dates on when certain passages were opened. So this is excellent. I assume if the, if the paper is sound enough. Dr. Cooper Smith is going to bring that along. Yeah, yes. It yeah. It crumbles I'm... a little on the edges, but delicately he's able to, okay. to bring it with him. Um, and you guys are all still, you're all at the SA's office right in the front. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to move down and around to find the jail. Okay. Um, I got I'll as go far as the hotel yesterday. I'll all go right. down to the jail as well. All right, so you're heading down the street. I would like you, though, to do um, spot hidden roll uh, just as you cross in front of the hotel. Is there any remaining signage? Is there limited remaining signage, or is there no remaining signage? Um, yeah, there's very limited. Uh, you can tell that it's, what, what did we name it? The Golden, uh, or the Dancing Bear Saloon. Uh, hotel doesn't seem to have a name. Um, the saloon is dilapidated and torn up inside. Uh, it 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 just looks like it's fallen apart. Um, and there's a there's western style boardwalk along these buildings. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. To keep you out of the mud when it gets muddy and rainy. All right. Um, and is the soil the soil's pretty clay? There's a lot of clay in it. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, what you notice as you approach the hotel is on the porch, um, you're pretty sure that you're seeing footprints that are going into the hotel. Hmm. Interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm there with him as well, so. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, um, Professor Rathmore, I peered through the windows and didn't see anything, but the light is much better now that the sun's on this side of the ridge. Let's go in. Um, let's go in cautiously. I've been um, able to see these footprints, and I'm assuming they're the same uh, current booted, you know, with the correct. heel print of what we of what Dr. Cooper Smith had pointed out. Correct. Um, push open the creaky door. You push open the creaky door. Now, anything that was in here that was kind of cloth has probably rotted. There were curtains um, that are barely hanging. Um, everything is cut in, co covered in a thick layer of dust. Um, uh, you can see though that there were, are some shuffling footprints around the inside of the lobby um, and maybe going up the stairs. Uh, but do a, do a spot hidden roll, the people who are inside the, the hotel. 35. Second, second one from the one we've done before. Yes, correct. I'm going to see if anyone else made it. Do you guys make it? Zero yeah, or critical. Okay. I don't okay. need to spend any thing you guys thought. What you notice 
is that there is a guest book and that it has been recently opened. And as you approach it, uh, you realize there are two brand new signatures inside the book, Dr. Baker and Dr. Uh, Tucker. Huh. And that's, I think, where we're going to end it for tonight. Okay. Good. That's, that's good. Very good. Interesting. All right. <laughs> Our players included John Hook, Bill Riggle, Josh Harwood, David Gassaway, and Harish Rao, as, uh, and yours truly as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month will help us a lot. Find a link in the description. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch, that, and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering the questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Mm -hmm.